Okay, here's chapter 11. Matt glanced at his notes from the night before, thankful that he had made them now that Alex stood in front of him with her hands on her hips and an expectant look in her eyes. Something about her made him forget what he was going to say. Foo, Fester, Savage, Atlas, Grover, Tonka, Arrow. Matt looked over the sled tied to the hookup tree. His eyes roamed the long gang line laid out and then surveyed the dog yard. When his eyes landed on Foo, Matt let out a tiny breath. The dog caught his eye and wagged his tail as if he knew what Matt had planned and liked it. Tubbs peered dubiously over Matt's shoulder. Thought we weren't taking more than four. And why is there a big space there? He pointed to the empty spot on the sheet where no dog was listed. We're all going together today, Matt said on his way to the barn. One sled. You and I will sit in the basket and we'll let Alex run the team. Tubbs and Alex followed as Matt talked. He snuck a glance at Alex, expecting terror, but he only saw excitement in her eyes. It's good to have an empty space on the gang line, in case we have to move dogs around, Matt continued. He opened the food bin and noticed with annoyance there weren't any chicken chunks out. Also, we don't need eight dogs. Matt's chest tightened, thinking about running even seven dogs. So much power. Anything could go wrong. He had a moment of doubt about his plan. Should he really take seven? He slid out a 50-pound block of frozen ground chicken and ran a hacksaw over the top to mark where it needed to be cut. So, like I said last week, all the positions on the gang line have a job. The leaders will be the smart ones. Fu and Grover always listen to me. He recalled a certain run to the mailbox when they had turned around to chase Bandit and corrected himself. Except when they don't. What is that stuff? Tubbs aimed a finger at the frozen block. Dog snacks. Matt swung the axe, chopping the lines he had marked to cut chunks of ground chicken, roughly two pounds each. This reminded him that he still needed to figure out all his operating costs. Next are the point dogs, Matt continued as he chopped. Or they're sometimes called swing dogs. You're cutting pieces for all the dogs in the yard, Tubbs pointed out. Matt paused and shrugged. So? That's 22 pieces, and they're all exactly the same size. You didn't even stop to think about it. If I could do that, it would make me irrationally happy. Everything makes you irrationally happy. They grinned at each other. I do this all the time, so it's not that hard, Matt said. Anyway, we'll use Fester and Tonka in point. The dogs you had in lead before. Matt wasn't sure about taking Fester, but he didn't have the heart to leave him behind. The insane ones, Tubbs observed. That's them, Matt said. Point dogs are like leaders in training. They watch the lead dogs and learn which way they're supposed to go when I shout gee or haw. Alex nodded and, to Matt's dismay, took notes on a little pad. What are you doing, Matt asked. She looked up. Trying to learn? I plan on becoming a musher at the end of these lessons. I'm going to train my collie at home. Of course she was. So am I. Tubbs did a little happy dance, his fascination with the frozen chicken forgotten. He wore coveralls, the new hems where Matt's dad had shortened the hanging the length hanging over his boots, almost meeting the snow. Dad had decided to give him the set of coveralls last week, but Matt wasn't sure if his dad somehow knew about the cuff incident or if it was just a coincidence that he'd cut the pants to fit Tubbs.
Matt stared at the cuffs for a moment as an idea hit him. Coveralls could be an operating expense. He just needed to figure out how much they cost. He suddenly felt better about his next assignment report. Thank goodness for Tubbs and his cuffs. After the point dogs are the team dogs, Matt continued, as he loaded a burlap sack with seven chicken snacks. Their only job is to pull. They're just happy to be there. Savage is in team position. Matt dumped the rest of the chunks into the storage bin. Last are the wheel dogs, closest to the sled. They're the strongest in the team. Atlas and Arrow are the, mus the muscle today. Matt stuffed the burlap sack into the sled bag. Okay, let's harness them and go. Hookup took several minutes, but finally they were ready. In the chaos of barking and screaming dogs, Matt approached his sister. You have to stay here, Lil. There's no room in the sled. Matt didn't want her getting hurt. The best place for her was at home. That's not fair, she wailed. We won't be long. You clean up the yard, and by the time you're done, we'll be back. Matt felt only a, a slight twinge of guilt as he prepared to leave her in the yard. There really wasn't room in the sled with Tubbs going. Tubbs wedged himself go in the first top of the... Tubbs wedged himself in first on top of the chicken. Matt jumped in next. When he caught Alex's expression, he finally saw fear on her face as she stepped onto the runners and looked down on the gang line at the long line of dogs leaping and frothing in front of her. <clears throat> Ready? Matt called to the dogs. Fu glanced over his shoulder at him, eyes sparkling. Matt could almost hear Fu telling him that he was ready and able to lead this long string of dogs. All right. The team whipped out of the yard so fast it captured Matt's full attention. This was a powerful team. Fu and Grover set up a blister set a blistering pace. All the dogs galloped until Matt told Alex to step on the rubber drag. It forced the team to shift down to a trot. This is awesome! Alex's eyes shone. When they reached the fork in the trail, the path on the left would take them to the mailboxes. But today, they were going on a longer run. Gee, Matt called. He proudly watched his leaders swerve to the right and fly down the trail without hesitation. Atlas start, started wobbling. When Matt saw his tail rise, he knew what was going to happen next. Tubbs, Matt yelled. Keep your mouth closed. What? Tubbs turned to Matt just as Atlas started to poop. With their speed, the nuggets bounced off the ground and launched toward the boys. Ugh! Tubbs put both arms out in front of his face in horror. Then he must have realized that Matt's advice was wise because he clamped his mouth shut with a mitten. Matt had no time to respond as they whipped around a corner. The sled leaned precariously on one runner. Lean out, Matt yelled at Alex, pointing to the left. Alex leaned her body as if she'd done so a million times. She pulled the sled back onto both runners. Snow flew up behind them. Alex's whole face glowed with joy. Just like skiing, she yelled. I'm ranked number one on my ski team. Why am I not surprised, thought Matt. Finally, the dog started to settle. Everyone in trotting mode again. What's wrong with that dog? Alex asked, pointing. Matt knew she was talking about Savage. Is he limping? She questioned. No, he's pacing. That's how he runs normally. 
His front foot and back foot move at the same time on the same side. Most dogs switch to pacing if they're getting tired. It's just a way of running. That's how I know it might be time to put them in a basket or take a break. But if Savage starts running, starts normal trotting instead of pacing, then I know he's getting tired. Savage twitched his ears hearing his name, but stayed focused on the trail ahead and continued pulling. Matt felt a tightness in his chest, watching Savage keep his tug line tight. They were such honest dogs, and they continually amazed Matt with what they could do. Wow, so you really have to know each dog really well then. Of course I know my dogs well. That's what mushers do. It took them a record 20 minutes to get all the way to the base camp. Normally, it was a 30-minute run. This was the area where Matt's family set up their prospector tent when they wanted to camp overnight. They could go out on different trails from here. The dogs knew this was a rest stop, so they dived into the snow as soon as Matt called a halt. They rolled on their bellies, cooling in the snow, biting mouthfuls. Fester glanced back at Matt, frost covering his muzzle, a contented expression on his face at last. That dog seriously lived for running. Alex hopped off the runners, leaving the sled as if it were a bike leaned against a tree. Wait! The hook! Panic made Matt flail. He was stuck in the sled. You forgot! Tubs! Get off me, man! He needed to sink in the snow hook in the ground, into the ground before the dogs decided to take off again. Matt fumbled in his hurry to get past Tubs. Their legs tangled. Tubs fell sideways onto Matt, and they both tumbled out of the sled in a heap. Matt jumped up, grabbed the hook, and stomped on it. Never leave the sled without setting the hook, Matt screamed at, Alex, screamed at a surprised Alex. His blood roared past his ears. So many dogs! Do you know what could have happened if they'd taken off? Matt couldn't stop the visions of the team running without a driver on the brake. Dogs tripping, getting dragged, sprained shoulders, tangles, fights. The dogs had trusted him to keep them safe. His fear at what nearly happened turned into anger directed at Alex. She and Tubbs stared at him. You think you know how to do everything perfectly with all your note-taking? You could have hurt the dogs. What kind of student does that? Alex narrowed her eyes and raised her chin. I remember everything you've said to me, and you've certainly never said that before. Rule number one, don't let go. But you never mentioned rule number two is to always set the hook. She pointed a finger at him. When students don't learn, it's the teacher's fault. Everyone knows that. There aren't any bad students, only bad teachers. Matt gaped at her with nostrils flared. His heart flipped as her words sank in. He was a bad student and a bad teacher. The moment was broken by the dogs. As one, they stopped rolling and turned to stare at the trail where it came out of the forest. Their ears perked forward. And that's when Bandit broke out of the trees. He flew toward them, tongue out, a satisfied expression on his face, as if he'd been tracking the team for a while and was proud he found them. He was pulling an empty sled. When he spotted Matt, he grinned even wider. Matt threw out his arms to fend off the young dog as he leaped. Bandit, what? Matt suddenly realized what the empty sled meant. Dread hit him like a snowball. Lily. Uh-oh. Oh no, I wonder what happened. Guess we'll have to find out in chapter 12.